0: great to be with you, glad you came tonight too, yeah. praise <laughs> Lord. no, stop, no, you guys are too nice, thank you, thank you, thank you, glad you came back tonight, it's good to, good to be in church a, a couple nights a week, three or four nights, five nights, I don't know, it's this healthy, there's something about uh, you're communicating to the Lord that you love Him, you know, somebody said, well, I really love the Lord, well, if there's something about being there, you're saying, you're preaching to Him. That I want to honor you, I want to bless you, and you're putting him first. Everyone's life is so busy. You think about every, all the stuff you have to do, but you're hearing the word. So uh, it's just wonderful we put him first. And especially right before the coming of the Lord, he said, Forsake not the assembling of yourself together, as some would do, especially you, as you see the day approaching. So we can see the day approaching. Even people in the world know something's up. <laughs> you can talk to a sinner and they go, man, I don't know what's going on, but uh, there has to, something has to happen soon. So it's just days of great change. It is, you know, scary looking for the world, but man, isn't it wonderful that the believer has no bad news? We just got wonderful things to look forward to, and I said it this morning, it's so sad that Jesus got kind of a bad rap that people were freaked out about his return. I mean, those movies in the 70s, you know, uh, a shot, well, I can't remember all the different ones They were just, they were scary, but anyway, it freaked you out about the rapture, then you had rapture practice, and then if you came home and there was nobody there, you thought everybody had been raptured, and you missed it, you know? <laughs> We'll look at some things tonight that show us we don't have to be in fear, we don't have to be concerned, and how you qualify for the rapture, and how, uh, what, is, is what it's going to be all about, and the rapture's not an ending, it's a beginning. I hear people go, well, I don't want the Lord to come back because i got so much in my heart. Well, it's because you're not done at the rapture. You've got a, a whole thousand years where you're going to be implementing the kingdom of God with Jesus on the earth. Very natural thousand years, but just fun things ahead. Literally, if we saw what it was going to be, we'd just be like, that's the coolest thing ever. Very normal with Lucifer bound. And then here you in the church get to rule over ten cities or rule over two cities. You're writing your resume right now for what you'll be doing during the millennium. That went over real good. But anyway, it's true. Praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> Start the car. I'll be right there. Come on. Grab your Bibles. And uh, we've got a lot to get into. And I'm going to endeavor not to go too long. But we'll get a good meal. And we'll be strengthened. There's something about the Word. Uh, the Word just does it, man. It just... Uh, it fixes everything. It's, it's weird how, how you... Uh, during the week, I listen on YouTube. I listen to John Osteen, listen to Brother Hagin, listen to Charles Capps. I'm overfeeding myself right now because the climate you live in... How many of you at work, people walked in, you go, man, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No, at work, people aren't really saying that, are they? So you, you live in a climate where it's just dark, but that's all right. All the more push the word into you. Make, make yourself hear the word. Even if you don't want to, don't feel like it. Make yourself sit down and, and hear... I mean. Just just get some of Pastor Aaron's CDs and just go, I'm going to listen to that over and over and over again. There's one message of Brother Hagen's that I've listened to probably 1,500 times. I can almost quote it from front to back. But it's in you. And every time I hear it, I go, I've never heard that. I've heard this thing 1,500 times. What's going on? It's life. It's life everlasting. So let's pray. We'll get right into the word. Father, we thank you for all that came tonight. Thank you for them taking the time to come. We thank you for your blessing upon their lives, that they're strengthened tonight. And everything that you've called them to do, Lord, I thank you for even a reassessing of what our destiny is right here before we leave the planet, that, Lord, you'd be glorified. You'd be magnified. You'd be exalted. We thank you for what you've given Life Point Church, Lord. This will be a season... Uh, of what you've told them of the Lord. We thank you for a performance, a season of performance for Life Point Church. We thank you for that. Great grace upon this place, Lord. Amplify their voice, magnify their voice in this whole region so that Jesus can be made known in such a clear way. Help us, Father, represent the King in the style that you like goodness, mercy, kindness, power, victory. We thank you for it, Jesus. We, we honor you just before we get into the word. We magnify you that you were, were killed for us. You died for us. We're in awe and so grateful that you uh, let yourself be beaten like that. So we magnify you, glorify you. We have such appreciation that you did that for us. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. amen. I think I like to do a couple, of, always do a story or two before I get into my message. And I'm trying to figure out how to turn my Bible open. Uh, it's somewhere here. I was in uh, uh, Brit- Sydney, Australia, and I was preaching in Brisbane at the Raymond, Australia there. And, and over in Sydney, uh, the worship leader told his wife, whatever you do, make our daughter come to church today. Because she was like, I don't want to go here on end times. You know, I was like, wasn't interested. And the, the worship leader said, told his wife, whatever you do, you drag her to church, make her come. So the whole time I'm preaching, she's kind of communicating to me that she's not that excited. You know, you know 50, 57% of communication is facial expression. So she was communicating to me that she didn't want to be there, you know, like. And, uh, so I preached on end times a little bit, finished, and I had a word of knowledge that someone busted their tailbone. Didn't think anything about it, said, you're healed. After the service, this girl come walking up to me, and uh, the girl that was there, Matt, you can tell she's mad. I didn't know who she was at the time. i find this out later. Uh, the worship leader's daughter was right there. She was ticked off, didn't want to be there. She was eighth in pole vaulting in Australia and had fallen and busted her tailbone. She said, right there, the power of God came on me and said, I'm completely healed. So God's just so... Cool that people are fighting and screaming not to come to church. The Lord reaches out and blesses them. <laughs> he just loves them. I was in South Carolina uh, 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 just a few months ago, and I had a couple words of knowledge that someone's back was healed, legs were healed. And I didn't even know what it was. I just called it out. And, uh, and I said, there's someone here you got damage on the inside of your nose. Something got severed. I just called it out and said, you're healed. At the end of the service, this big guy, like six foot ten, come walking down. He says, can I say something? I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. Normally, I don't do that, but I said, okay. He goes, "He goes, hey, I don't know you, but my back's healed. My legs are healed. He said, my wife's not here. She had brain surgery, and they went up through her nose to get to the base of her brain. They severed the inside of her nose. She texted me while well, you called that out and said, I can breathe instantly. Not even being there, she gets healed at home. Wow. That's pretty radical. She, she's not even there, and the Lord reaches out to her, so he, he's so good. Make sure you get that real clear, like right now. Uh, turn your Bibles there, if you would, to Luke 21 again. There's a lot of preaching coming from even the Word of Faith circles that God's putting people through trials to teach them. I heard one guy even said torment mentors, same thing. God's not tormenting you to teach you. You know, not one time raising my daughter Lauren did I go, okay, on the way to school, I'm going to break your leg so you can learn more today. Praise the Lord. I mean, that's psycho, <laughs> but that's crept back into the church. Any kind of thing that's coming against you to kill, steal, or destroy, it's not God teaching you. It's the devil trying to kill you. Don't romance the storm. Speak to the storm. Yeah, I have a lot of friends mine, well, the storm taught me this or taught me that. Uh, if going through hell made us better Christians, we'd all be glowing in the dark at night. You know what I mean? We wouldn't even need electricity. We'd just, mm, wow, you're radiating. That's right. So we're going to pick up with what we got into. Let's do about five minutes of review, then we're going to go on into some more. and We'll get into some things tonight that show you, you can't be here during the tribulation if you're a Christian, and it'll kind of show you a little bit of what's getting ready to happen, show us a couple more signs, and we'll do a little bit of review, and uh, the Lord will help us, amen. So go there to Luke 21, look at verse 24, they'll fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive unto all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down or overthrown of the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Talked about that this morning, the six-day war. Jerusalem was won back. So everything revolves around Jerusalem. Remember, if you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. So everything revolves around that piece of real estate. The devil's so stupid. I was in the old city one time, and I noticed there's a mosque right here. And the deal is the devil, he tries to hide whatever the Lord did. He puts a mosque wherever Jesus did something cool. There's a mosque right there. What's that? The Mount of Ascension. There's a mosque right there. That's where he was raised from dead. There's a mosque right there. Uh, that, that's where uh, he was beaten. In other words, the devil so stupid, he thinks he can cover it up. All it does is give you, a what do you call it, like a sheet to follow. Uh, there's a word for it. And I can't even think what it is. He gives you a map of something cool the Lord did. Uh, like a treasure map. Okay, what did the Lord do there? What the Lord do there? In the, in, the, in the Dome of the Rock in Arabic, it says in a circle, <laughs> There is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. Why? There is a Son of God. He died for you and God raised him from the dead. So the devil's so stupid, he thinks he can cover that up. He just gives you a tour guide, is the word I'm trying to think. You don't even have to have a tour guide. Something cool happened there. Something cool happened there. So, so Jerusalem's the deal. So we saw that happen in our lifetime. Now it's pretty easy when you see these two signs the two main ones that that were the generation. But then this morning we got into about 15. On the T-shirts, there's about 20 signs on the back. Even if you don't buy one, take a picture of the sign so you'll have them. The the 20th sign I put on there was Stephen Tyler got saved, Aerosmith's lead singer. Listen, when Aerosmith's getting saved, you know the Lord's about to come back. Come on. (laughs) And, you know, guess who got him born again? Lenny Kravitz, the guitar player, is who led uh, Stephen Tyler to the Lord. He said, you got money, you have all this, but you don't have any peace. And he got, gave his life to the Lord. It's in Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, uh, Stephen Tyler said, I gave my life to Christ. I got the video where he's singing Amazing Grace. In 1976, 77, 78, I would pray for him and go, Lord, I won't let that man go to hell. You send laborers across his path. You send people to him to get him to change his mind. and He will not go to hell. I said that about every single one in the band. The boys from Boston are going to go to heaven. They ain't going to go to hell. Amen? That's a sign of the last days, praise the Lord. Now I got quiet when I said that. Everybody not like that? <laughs> No, no, it's just we should be praying for other people all the time too. All the time because there's probably people that are going to escape hell just because you lifted up your voice and gave God authorization to intervene in their life. Because God can't really do things without us giving him uh, uh, the avenue to do it because he gave you all authority. I mean, you think of of Germany prospered after they killed 6 million Jews. Pretty weird. (laughs) Why? Because God's not mad at anybody right now. You're under dispensation of grace. You hear people preaching judgment, judgment, judgment. Uh, God, God's not judging anybody right now. Right, right. Amen. Germany killed six... If you're going to get judged, Germany should have been judged killing six million Jews. Yeah. Am I in the right room? And they prospered. Because yeah. right now, he gave you all the authority. That's why the church has to be taken off the earth. Uh, or you couldn't even have the Antichrist come on the scene. So we'll get into all that. So let's go a little further. Run with me just a bit. Go with me down to verse 29. We were there this morning. He said, look at the fig tree and all the trees... When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer or harvest is nigh at hand. Likewise, when you see these things come to pass, run into the woods and freak out. No. (laughs) He said, said, when you see these things, you can know, 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 know know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. then he said, verily I say unto you, this generation will not pass away till all is fulfilled. Man, that right there is a radical statement. Heaven and earth will be altered, but my words will not be altered. And then he says in verse 34, take heed to yourselves... Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, the cares of life, so that day comes upon you unawares. So you can be living when the biggest signs happen and you're preoccupied. I like what the Message Bible says. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by shopping. I mean, we get so busy that we don't even realize the Lord's about to come back. Why would he say that? Because people are busy. Well, he knows, I mean, Daniel said people will be going to and fro. You can't get any more to and fro than we are right now, man. It's just people going everywhere, but something's coming. Second uh, uh, Peter talked about it. People would be mocking the coming of the Lord. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And the next verse says, I like one translation. I was telling Philip about it. It's stupid on purpose. <laughs> That's what it says. They're willingly ignorant. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. They forgot about the flood. God was so sweet, he put Methuselah there to be a timepiece for them. Remember Methuselah's name? When I die, you all die. How would you like to have a name like that? Hey, when I'm toast, you're toast. (laughs) I would have been checking up on Methuselah. You feeling okay? Have you got the flu? What's going on, man? How's it going? What happened the year Methuselah died? What happened? The flood came. So change came when no one believed a change was coming. To the point that when Noah got the animals ready, can you imagine? I can't get my golden retriever to jump in a truck, much less get all those animals to get on a boat. Can you imagine? Say, come on, guys, let's hop on. Those animals look at you. like, are you crazy? That's supernatural to have animals line up and get on a boat all at one time. So uh, we're we're so blessed that we have pictures we can look at. So you have Enoch walk with God. He's translated, raptured, hands off to Noah. Uh, Noah rides the flood. The church is going to be raptured. It's going to hand off to the Jews. God's going to raise up 144,000 Jewish evangelists. And the Bible says their harvest is innumerable. It can number a 200 million man army, but it can't number how many people get saved in the first part of the tribulation. Why? Because there's going to be so much pressure put on people in such a short period of time. I mean, you talk about pressure. You've got nuclear war. You've got famine. The Antichrist comes on the scene, and it's just bad. World War III. Really, I call it fireworks for seven years. The Lord's doing everything he can just to get people's attention. Most people won't make a decision until pressure's put on them. I was in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Keith Johnson's church. This is a guy that raised Willie George got a great church up there and I remember doing the altar call and a 96 year old man raised his hand so I uh, we I came down and prayed with him I said man you don't even have to come forward I'll come to you first time ever in church 96 never been to church his wife been praying for him his whole life gives his life to the Lord right there I went to the airport the next day pastor Keith called me and says you won't believe that that guy went on that mental man uh, went home to be with the Lord last night so he slid in <laughs> but <it's, laughs> I mean you, you you talk about cutting it close that's cutting it close. So you're going to have basically fireworks for seven years. And, and I didn't get into it this morning. You've got asteroids. You had asteroids, three asteroids on Monday. You had one that you hadn't seen before that was hidden behind the glare of the sun. You have one they said that will fly by in 27 and 28 and, and 29. And you know, guess what the name of it is? Wormwood. I was preaching in the Ukraine and I said, I was preaching that, this is 30 some years ago. And I said the word wormwood and everyone gasped. I said, what's the deal with wormwood? It's the word Chernobyl. So, I mean, there's just a lot of things coming and, uh, that God's going to get their attention. So we think of the tribulation as judgment, but really it's His mercy just to get people's attention. Fireworks for seven years. You know, when I was in high school and I was dating girls, I had a certain spot I would pull over almost every single date. I'd pull my car over right there, and I'd pull fireworks out of the trunk, and I'd shoot fireworks off. So I'd say, you can't say you didn't go out with me and didn't see fireworks. <laughs> I didn't do it once. I did it many times, okay? <laughs> hey, whatever. you got to do whatever you got to do, all right? But... It, It made the date memorable because they never saw fireworks on a date, but they saw fireworks on that date. Come on. All right. So God's got seven years of fireworks just to get people's attention because he loves them. He loves them. And we think of judgment, but really it's pressure so that people will miss hell. Amen. So let's go. You have so much here. Uh, I like this one verse that will show you kind of what I was talking about this morning better than I explained it. Look at verse 36, and then we'll get moving in the next portion. Verse 36. Watch ye, therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all those things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, I hear preachers preach that like, yes, be, you better pray that you're worthy to go up in the rapture. He's talking to Jewish boys here that, that need to be prayed that they're worthy because Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead. Talking to you and I, I don't have to pray to be accounted worthy. I am worthy. Why? I'm him. I'm part. Of, I'm, I'm his body. See, so all those verses that make you think you don't qualify because he's talking about the second coming here. He's not talking about the rapture, okay? We're going to go up seven years before the second coming, and we'll get into it here in a minute. You'll look at the qualifications. You're, you're a different animal. You're at, you're, you're, he's coming back for the body of Christ. You're in the body of Christ. You're going up. So here he's just talking to these three boys because he hadn't been raised from the dead, yet they needed to pray to be kind worthy. They need oil in their lamp. You don't need oil in your lamp because he's in you. Would Jesus need oil in his lamp? No, well, you're him. I may be the stupidest, most ill-advised, most witless, most brainless son, but I'm still a son. Wow. <laughs> Amen? I can't help it that he quickened me. I can't help it that he raised me. I can't help it that he seated me in heavenly places. I can't help it that he's already presented me holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. I had nothing to do with it. That's what he did. So it all goes back to, you get to we get to give him glory. You, you can't earn your way into this stuff. He, he purchased it for you. He took all the boasting out so that we couldn't have the Barney Fife him. You know how we're talking today at lunch, like, you know, I have friends, they'll have one miracle and they start walking like this. Oh, yeah. I had a miracle last week. It's like the donkey riding into Jerusalem and the donkey's going to check it out. Well, it's not you. It's who's riding on the donkey. Come on. Can you imagine that? The donkey thinking he's cool? No, it's Jesus. Amen. All right, so let's go look at all this. There's so much to get into but I want you to get that because I watch guys on TV preach things about the rapture and you feel like you don't qualify. After the resurrection, the rules are different. Before the resurrection, they're, they're completely different. So grab your Bibles there and you just turn where you think you ought to turn. We'll see if you're flowing. Come on. Let's go to Thessalonians and we'll get into all this stuff. It's so fun. Good, 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 good stuff. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And you know what I like about Thessalonians is it's the first letter written by Paul of the church. What was the theme? The coming of the Lord. And you get into 2 Thessalonians, and you find out why he had to write this letter. They thought they were in the tribulation. Why? Nero was taking Christians, dunking them in oil, and setting them up on poles as nightlights. So they thought, it can't get any worse than this. That we're in the trib. So Paul wrote this letter that, remember, while I was with you, he was with them for two weeks. Guess what he taught about? The rapture, the second coming, and the Antichrist. He said, don't worry, the Antichrist can't be revealed until the church leaves. You can't have the Christ... And the Antichrist, there at the same time. The Bible calls the body of Christ, Christ. What concord hath Christ with Belial? So you, know, you may be the hangnail. My friends call me the hangnail on the body of Christ. But at least I'm in. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's go look at this. Paul's going to write a letter here and tell us some things that bring you encouragement and bring you hope and bring you joy. And he even says this. So in time preaching, if it scares you, it's not Bible. If you hear end time preaching and it scares you, they're preaching the wrong thing. I have a friend of mine who has a massive church. i preached in his church several times. He said, he said, Joe, I can't preach on end times anymore. It scares my people. I said, then you're preaching it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So the coming of the Lord. Oh, my God. No, it's a good thing. We're going to be caught up. Hallelujah. Amen. We shall be changed. Glory to God. The, this, this mortal is going to put on immortality. The, the stain of Adam is going to be taken off us. Just as you've borne the image of the earth, you're going to bear the image of the heavenly. Woo, glory to God. Very, very soon. Very, very soon. So let's go look at these verses. Go with me over there to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and look at verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. So two things he said don't be ignorant about. Number one, the coming of the Lord. Number two, gifts of the Spirit. Why? You're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit during the millennium. You're tasting of the powers of the world to come right now. You know, have you been to somewhere and they give you a little taste of pizza? They give you a little taste of something? I don't want the taste. I want the whole pizza. That would annoy me to have a taste. So right now we're tasting. But during that thousand years, you're going to be functioning with God. You'll have words of knowledge, words of wisdom. You're going to be raising natural people up that make mistakes. Maybe they fall out of a tree and break their neck. You show up there. You've already seen a division. Say, man, it's a good thing you live in the millennium. Rise, take up your bed and walk. You'll be raising people up. It's in you to raise people up. That's why you're not done at the rapture. So God, in this present dispensation, has taught the church His character through His Word, not through feelings. Like, I'll judge properly during the millennium because I know how God thinks because of His Word. I don't have to go, how does the Lord feel about this? No, His Word tells me His character. It's ingenious to have rulers that are moved by faith, not by feelings. Okay? So let's get into it here. Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus would God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, scare one another with these words. no. The purpose of his letter here is to comfort one another with these words. What brings you comfort that you don't have to be here during the tribulation? He goes, he goes on many times in the next chapter. He's not appointed you to wrath. God's not mad at you. He laid all that on Jesus. It really, we want to earn it. We want to feel better about making myself righteous. You can't make yourself holy. His blood makes you holy. So this event called the rapture, I hear people go, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Actually, it is because the word there when we'll be taken, we'll be caught up is the word harpazo. It's the same word that Elisha, uh, the sons of the prophet came to Elisha and said, don't you know your master is going to be taken from you today? That's the word uh, harpazo, taken. Don't you love it? They knew the day he was going to go up. He said, yeah, I know it. Shut up. (laughs) Don't you love that? All right, so that's the word harpazo in the Greek, but where's the word rapture? In Latin, it's the word raptur. It's right there. In the Latin, it's the word raptur. We're going to be raptured. But you see it all through the Bible. It's not weird. Enoch walked with God, raptured. Elijah, raptured. <laughs> the church, I mean Jesus, raptured. The church, raptured. Midway through the trip, there's another rapture, the great multitude. Uh, so you've got raptures all through the Bible. It's just basically God taking us from here to there. I told him the other day, I said, you better get your flux capacitor working real good because this this is a lot of people to change at one time. Think of how powerful he is. The Bible says he's able to subdue even all things unto himself. When he says, come up hither, every single one of our bodies are going to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the shortest amount of time that can't be divided, you're going to get a brand new body and the glory of God's going to go through you from head to toe. Come on. Hallelujah the most exciting thing we could ever talk about. Never gain weight again. (laughs) Amen. Never get tired again. Come on. It's going to be the coolest thing ever. I mean, think about it. Think about never being tired again. And in the millennium, you know, it it doesn't get dark at night. I I I think I'm I'm going to play golf at St. Andrews and I'm going to be translated to Augusta and play golf. Then I'm going to be translated to Pebble Beach and play golf. I'm going to be translated to Hawaii and play golf. I might play golf 24 hours a day because it'll never get dark and I'll never get tired. How cool is that? Ride motorcycles in the Alps. Ride for three or four days. I think we'll stop now because we might need gas. But I'm sure there'll be a different kind of gas. You say well, you think we'll want to do that in the millennium? Yes. When we're raptured, we don't turn into freaks. You carry the same thing that you like with you. Everybody thinks we'll be playing harps. If that's true, we'd be in harp class right now. <laughs> I'm serious. That's what. It, oh, so harps? I don't. I mean, especially young people. So we have to worship for a thousand years? You're not going to worship for a thousand years. You'll want to worship, but you're normal. Amen. Amen. He's the coolest of cool. So this change is coming. This change is coming. We shall be changed. Hallelujah. That stain of Adam taken off of us, and we get our glorified bodies. So so, what's the purpose of the rapture? You just need a different body. Let's get into this for a second. Let's just look at the Bible. The Bible is so clear about all this. Remember when Jesus was raised from the dead... He was on the road to Emmaus. I love that the guys couldn't tell who he was. Don't you love that? He played like a joke on them. Their eyes were beholden who he was. And he said, first thing he said to them, how come you guys are so sad? They're walking along, and they said, well, hello. If you've been around here, they crucified our Lord. And so they're kind of bummed, you know. And the Bible says Jesus would have kept right on walking. When they constrained him to stay for dinner, he stays for dinner. Now watch. He takes them through the Word. He shows them Christ in the Old Covenant. He didn't go, yep, it's me. Don't be a loser. That's probably what I would have done. But he goes, he, he took them through the Word. He wanted them to find him in the Word. Took him through the Old Testament, then all of a sudden he disappeared. And they said, "Wow, did not our hearts burn within us the words that he spoke to us?" Wow. They go tell the disciples, "We ate with him. We saw him." what's his name? Thomas goes, "No, you didn't. <laughs> no, no, we we ate with him. He taught us a, a, a resurrection lesson, and then he disappeared." No, you didn't. I don't believe it. Don't you like that? The staff. The the guys that are going to start the church, I don't believe that. He goes, in fact, (laughs) until I see the hole in his side, see the hole in his hands, I will not believe. Jesus walks right through the wall. (laughs) Don't you love it? He knows every word you say. He goes, Thomas, reach into your hand. Thrust it into my side. Be not faithless but believing. He said, my Lord and my God. Woo. So this is kind of crazy. They said, well, he's a spirit. He just walked through the wall. That's pretty weird. He goes, no, no, handle me. A spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see I have. So it gives you an idea of what kind of body you're going to have. You've got a body that's not, not flesh and blood. It's flesh and bone. You still walk through walls. But then what's the first thing he said right after that? He said, do you have any meat? He didn't say, do you have any broccoli? He didn't say, do you have any kale? He didn't say, do you have any salad? He said, do you have any meat? He said, where's the beef? Come on. That's the first thing he said. He could have said, Well, have you got a salad? I'm just trying to t- eat light now. No. He said, Give me some meat. The whole purpose is to get a brand new body. Remember the seraphim and cherubim in the Bible? The seraphim have two wings that cover their face, two wings that cover their feet, two wings that they fly with. What do they do? They go around the throne 24 7. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. The whole earth is full of His glory. So they're created to be at the throne, yet they still got to shield themselves. So we're going to get us a body where we walk right in and talk to dad, and not be blind for six months. Wouldn't that be weird? You come walking out. What happened to you? I went and talked to dad. You know, you know how it is. He's so bright. Exodus 19 said, he, he said, put a fence around the mountain, lest they even get near to gaze at me and die. Not because God's mad at him. He's just radiant, like a bug zapper. I mean, you, you walk in there to his presence, zap. Well, you're going to have to have a new body, so you don't get zapped. Amen. You had people that didn't take care of the ark properly in the Old Covenant. It wasn't that God was mad at them. They just, they just got out from under his protection and got zapped. That, that ark, which you are a mobile ark, you know, they had Aaron's rod that buds. How many of you have taken a piece of firewood and all of a sudden it starts budding and coming alive? They took, stuck a stick in there where God's presence was and it starts coming alive. Woo, everything about him is life. Woo, glory to God. So won't this be fun to get this brand new body? Hallelujah. So let's look at qualifications. It's going to be amazing. Look at qualifications. Let's find out what makes us qualify. Look at verse 14. We've got to get rolling here. I'm spending too much time on this. Let's go. Here we go. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So the, the prerequisite to, to go up in the rapture is to be in Christ. It doesn't say if, you, if you're holier than everyone else. The whole thing is about you have nothing to do with it. His blood has everything to do with it. He took the boasting out, you know? And uh, uh, the wonderful thing is, if you're in the body, you're going up. He's coming back for a certain species. I had a lady in Galveston, Texas. She challenged me. She said, how dare you say all the believers are going up? I said, well, I'm just trying to say what the Bible says. And the Holy Spirit loves to magnify Jesus. He said, ask her, whose works would she rather trust in? Her works or or Jesus' works? "Mm, I'm not trusting in my works. I can't make myself holy. But his blood made me holy. So because of what Jesus did... I'm going to be caught up. Woo, hallelujah! An evacuation of the saints going up. And you know, in, in the Bible, uh, probably a good example of that is Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, the angels went down there and told Lot, "We can't do anything here till we get the righteous out." So the righteous have to be taken out. Remember, as ambassadors, two years ago Israel pulled their ambassadors out of Turkey. What's the first people to be evacuated before war? The ambassadors. He's going to take us out. We'll go to heaven, go to the reward seat of Christ, marriage supper of the Lamb. And, man, you talk about cool. We're going to go to horse flying school, and we're going to fly on horses back with Jesus to the earth. Man, I don't know how, I don't know how that works, <laughs> but that's going to be kind of... Lean left, trigger, here we go. I mean... <laughs> The Bible says there'll be, at that second coming, it's going to be so dramatic. There'll be no, all the, the sun won't give its light. The the heavens will unfold. The stars won't give their light at all. There'll be no light whatsoever to be a day known unto him. And here we are coming right behind him. The light that's in the face of our king is going to radiate coming through heaven, coming right down to the earth. Every inhabitant of the earth is going to hit their knee and say, glory to God in the highest. Right there. They're going to say, every one of them are going to say, he's the king of kings and the lord of lords and we'll be right behind him coming down to the earth at that moment you talk about glory and honor and power oh come on the first coming was so under the radar this second coming is going to be so above the radar the heavens will acknowledge his radiance even na- nature will acknowledge who he is i like what isaiah said when jesus when Je- at the second coming he's going to go several different places i like it was it said who is this that comes from edom with star- garments stained at Basra. He's radiant in apparel. See, he, he treads the winepress of the fiercest and the wrath of Almighty God. Woo! Man, thank God we got to see him the other way. But there, the boss is coming back. Hallelujah. So we get to go up seven years before that. How cool is that? So let's get into a little bit more of it. There's so much we could get into here. So let's talk about a little bit about timing. And this is uh, uh, something that, gosh, I wish it had been taught us 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It brought a lot of peace. Okay, you can't find the rapture in the Gospels. You can only find it in the epistles because the rapture was a mystery just like the church age was a mystery. Remember Jesus told Peter, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell not prevail against it. Peter goes, church? What's a church? He goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. It was just completely unknown. So was the rapture. So once you get into this, there's one little hidden reference in the Gospels, but still it's hidden because listen to what he said, John 14:1. He's talking to the disciples there. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions, If it were not so, I would have told you. Now watch. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. He said, if I go to prepare a place for you, watch this, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. Now this is a picture of the rapture. In the Jewish tradition, a man would ask a woman to marry him, and they would be betrothed. What Jesus just did right there was ask his disciples to marry him. They were probably looking around going, did he just propose to us? This is the weirdest thing ever. I think he just asked us to marry him. Well, a man would ask a woman to marry him. They'd be betrothed. The man would go back to his father's house. The father would oversee the construction of a honeymoon suite, and the father would tell the son when the room was ready to go get your bride. So I interviewed lady after lady after lady after lady in Israel. I go, hey, how close would you know for, for him to come when the house was done? She goes, like a day or two. I said, no way. I go, how would you know? She said, word would come to us that the room's finished. So she knew within a couple of days that he's going to come back. You know why? They didn't want to put on $500 worth of perfume in it six more months. It was all about being a good steward. I said, so word would come to you? She, every woman looked at me like, of course it would. You think we're nuts? We'd want to know so that we have time to get ready, just the right amount of time. That's why we talked about Feast of Trumpets this morning that that's exactly what he said when he said feast of trumpets he said if no man knows the day or the hour he goes i'm coming back for you on feast of trumpets pretty crazy now it may not be it may be pentecost i can get into more details about that but it's kind of blatant about feast of trumpets why let's look at it for a second oh man we got a lot to get into so hang with me everybody buckle up a little bit here we go i won't go all night is that okay well pizza comes at nine we'll stay all night no we won't go long Okay, think about Jesus fulfilling the feast. He goes to the tr- cross on what feast? Passover. John said the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Flawless. Fulfills the feast perfectly. All right, goes to the cross on Passover. What's the next feast? Unleavened bread. The, they would take three pieces of bread. The middle piece, they would fold it. They would pierce it and they would break it. He said, I am the bread of life. Guess where he's from? Bethlehem. You know what Bethlehem means? Home of the bread. Goes to the cross on Passover. Passover. Buried on unleavened bread. The next feast was first fruits. Now, those feasts are not feasts of the, of, they're not Jewish feasts. They're festivals of the Lord. They're dress rehearsals so that when the real came, you could tell what it was. So he's, he's raised from the dead on first fruits because he's the firstborn from the dead. All right, 50 days from that was the feast of Pentecost. Holy Spirit was poured out. The next feast on the calendar is Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets. It's a Feast of Gatherings. What it means is we get to go to a coronation of the king. We go to a private ceremony. We'll be raptured. We'll go to the throne of God. We'll see Jesus presented to us as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Then at the second coming, there'll be a public ceremony, but we get to go to the private one. How cool is that? It's the beginning of seven days of awe, mirroring the seven-year tribulation. So that's why it's Feast of Trumpets, but I'm telling you, uh, it could be the second coming, and the rapture could be on Pentecost because Enoch was born on Pentecost, raptured on Pentecost, the law was given on Pentecost, Holy Ghost was given on Pentecost, and the church is so segmented out it could be on Pentecost. All I know is certain uh, festivals, I know when it starts in America, I know when it starts in Israel, and I'm giving the Lord a weight offering the whole time. Lord, I- I'm right here. <laughs> get your tractor, Get your tracking system all set up. I'm right here. But if those ladies would know within a day or two... That's exactly how long the Feast of Trumpets would be. You didn't know if it was the 30th of the month or the 29th of the month when it was going to be a new moon. Remember I said it this morning. So the Sanhedrin would send two witnesses out. It's the 29th or the 30th. We know it's the 30th now. So they'd know almost within two days. So when there's time for the rapture, you'll probably know a day or two ahead of time. You'll have this sensation, I'm about to be evacuated tomorrow. You won't go, oh my God, this is the weirdest thing ever. You'll go, glory to God. Hallelujah, I'm about to see the king. And if I'm wrong, you can correct me. You can correct me all you want. But I pretty much guarantee you, based on Bible, you'll know ahead of time. Because you know why? Paul said, you're not in darkness that this day would overtake you as a thief. So why can I be bold about that? Because Paul said, you're not in darkness that this day would overtake you as a thief. Oh, I think I'll do Elvis on that. My God, right there. Now, how can I be bold about it? I got scripture and verse. I'd preach on the schools in Germany, preach on the schools in France. The Germans would say, you said so-and-so. No, 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 I didn't say so-and-so. The Bible says so-and-so. When you got scripture for it, you can be radically bold. Why is that? We've been taught all our lives that you won't know when the rapture is. Did your wedding catch you off guard? Boom, we're married. No, there was preparation. I mean, I mean that's what it's compared to. Yeah. How many of you got, got married and didn't even know what happened? No, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Lauren, uh, she had nine bridesmaids come out to California. I've never worked so hard in all my life. She goes, Dad, we're going to do this and this this. It'll be easy. We started doing it. It would have taken us six weeks to do what she wanted me to do. I'm like, there's no way possible to do this, Lauren. Are you kidding me? So it didn't happen by accident. It was planned. So that's what picture of the rapture will be called up. How cool is that going to be? Glory to God. All right, so let's talk a little bit more. You got there's so much we can get into, but let's talk a little bit about. We should get into this because we're going to go to Daniel in a minute and show that we can't be here. But it's a, it's really detailed. So, what we should focus on though is your appointment just after the rapture, and we'll go into that for just a couple of minutes. And what is it? It's the reward seat of Christ. We hear it in the Bible as the judgment seat of Christ. What's going to happen right after we're raptured? I'm sure we'll have the best. A reunion with our family. Think of all the loved ones that you have that have gone home to be with the Lord. All of a sudden, we're going to meet them in heaven. How cool is that going to be to be reunited with them? And then the first thing we do is go to the reward seat of Christ. In the Bible, it's called the judgment seat, but that's a mistranslation. It's the word bema, B-E-M-A. It's the word reward seat. Just like in the Olympics, when a guy gets a gold, silver, or bronze, he goes up on that podium. That's where that word podium comes from is the bema. The Lord's fire is going to hit your life. He's not going to judge your sin there. Sin was laid on Jesus. He's going to judge your works, the quality of your works, whether they're wood, hay, and stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stones. He's going to judge the motive of your heart. Did you do things for the Lord because you want to be seen of men, or did you do things because you love the Lord? So fire is going to hit your life. Whatever you did with the wrong attitude or wrong motive is going to be burned up right there. And whatever you did for the right motive, he's going to reward you, and you will wear your faithfulness. You'll cover yourself with glory and honor. It's called regal. It's what Daniel said. You'll be regal just like in the Navy. You wear khakis during the day. White, you have dress whites on. Your, 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 your faithfulness you'll wear on your robe. You'll have stitches on your robe. Right here, it showed you came on Sunday nights. You'll have a contrasting stitch on your robe. People will go, Wow, you went to church on Sunday nights. You'll have a stitch over here that shows that you were faithful. You'll have bars right here that shows that you were a soul winner. It, your uniform's going to preach for you just like the military. I've never seen a general go, Check out the stars. I'm really faithful. You see him walking on a plane. I got four stars. He ain't got to say nothing. His uniform preaches for him. Yeah. Now, think about it. Wood, hay, and stubble, that's all above the ground. It's what people see you do. You probably won't get a reward for. But you don't want a bonfire. You don't want people to go, everybody back up. Here it comes. God, Oof, what was that? You had so much wood, hay, and stubble. Man, you don't want that. Have you ever seen a fire like that? Oh, my God. Who was that? No. <laughs> you want gold, silver, and precious stones. So what is it? Gold is your devotional life. How much you tell the Lord you love him? Silver. The Bible says the tongue of the just is <laughs> choice silver. Your words either encourage or discourage. The precious stones, the priest would go into the, t- the presence of God for the people, not for himself. So, so you're, this fire is going to hit your life, and the Lord wants to reward you. And you think about it all the time. We think he's coming back, going to kill everybody. No. He said, I'm coming back, and my reward is with me. He wants to reward you. Yeah. So you think about John Wesley. You think about his robe. You'll see his robe, and you'll go, man, check that out. Because he said, give me 10 men that hate sin and love God, and I will change the world. So you won't be jealous of people with cool robes on. But I'm telling you what, man, you're going to want some gold and silver and precious stones to adorn yourself with. You will adorn yourself with your faithfulness. Because during the millennium, you don't want to be running around in a Speedo bathing suit. <laughs> people, aha, did nothing during the church age. I say that because my dad, he, he had a stroke, went, went into the intensive care, and uh, I led him to the Lord. He'd been mad at God his whole life, cursed God his whole life, rank sinner, radical sinner. He'd take me to bars, and my mom would take me to church. He gets saved on his deathbed and goes home. So, man, I'm going to be borrowing robes to throw on my dad. Dad, don't even walk outside until we get you some clothes. Come on, man. Because he, he has nothing to wear. But just think we still have some time left to have some, 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 some uh, adorning of ourselves. You're going to adorn yourself with your faithfulness. Amen. You won't be jealous, but you'll be like, wow, look, they gave their life for the Lord. Hallelujah amen that's what's coming next is the reward seat of christ right after that we go to the marriage supper of the lamb you know how long that meal is supposed to last a year you ever been to a meal that's three or four hours man that's a long meal how about five hours that's a long meal how about 10 hours how about a year i don't know how that works but it's going to be interesting praise the lord okay grab your bibles here let's go to the craziest verses in the bible these are so crazy let's go there for a minute go back to daniel if you would and we won't stay there but just a couple of minutes. And we'll close, but I want you to see this. I want you to get your brains kind of rocking here for a second because we're going to get to the coolest verses in the Bible, I think. The first part of it is a little complex, so just it seems boring, but it really makes things make sense to us. But it's going to show you that you can't be here during the trib. Because I hear so many people go, Well, you have to go through the tribulation to purify you. No, his blood purifies you. If that's true, he's got to resurrect every generation to make them go through the trib. Amen. <laughs> hey, see, it doesn't work that way. It's just, we're not, it's a segment of old covenant time the earth's about to go back into. So let's look here at Daniel 9. You got your Bibles there at Daniel 9? Everybody with me at page 994 if you got a Bible like mine? (laughs) All right, this is really cool. Watch how this sets up in Daniel 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, which was the son over whatever that is, which was the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books. The number of years where of the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. So they went into captivity for 70 years, and, and Daniel's like, okay, let's find out why. He goes, well, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. He found out they were supposed to, this is a big deal, they were supposed to let the land rest every seven years. Okay? Guess how long they fudged and planted on that seventh year and didn't let the land rest. 490 years. So they owed the land back 70 years. God didn't put them into captivity. They put themselves into captivity because they disobeyed. Okay? Because they owed the land 70 years. So see how flawless God is in the Old Covenant? Hang with me a little bit. Go over a few more verses. Skip over to verse 23, and we'll get to the coolest verses in the Bible. Here we go. Get ready. It's verse 20. It's a little bit further over. Look at verse 23, and watch Gabriel here talking to Daniel He says in verse 23, At the beginning of that supplication, the commandment came forth. I'm come to show you your greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Now watch this in verse 24. He goes, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city. Seventy weeks is just saying another way of saying 70 segments of seven or 490 years. You missed it for 490, God's given you guys another 490 is what he's saying. You missed it for 490, you got another 490. Okay, this is a big deal. Remember Peter asked Jesus, how many times did I forgive somebody? 70 times 7, 490 times. Okay, who's it for? This time he's given them is for the Jews, and for who else? The holy city. And what's it for? Let's go down a little further. Hang with me. To finish the transgression, to make end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Okay, here comes these verses that are crazy. Get ready. This is the coolest part. Watch this, in verse 25. Know, therefore, and understand. That from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah comes, there's going to be a certain amount of weeks, and I'm going to add it up for you so you don't have to do it. Okay, so, so Gabriel goes, okay, there's going to be a commandment from King Artaxerxes, and it's going to be to rebuild Jerusalem. Remember, Nehemiah was bummed out, and King Artaxerxes goes, what's wrong? He goes, well, Nehemiah goes, Jerusalem's all overthrown. He goes, don't worry. We're going to rebuild it. He makes the proclamation, we shall rebuild. Gabriel said, when that commandment goes forth until Jesus comes, it's going to be 483 years. Okay, God gave them 490. So remember when Jesus came on the earth, they said, are you the Messiah? He goes, go tell them what you see and what you hear. Even John's about to get his head cut off. He sent his disciples over to Jesus. Are you really the one? Because this ain't looking good for me. I'm about to get killed. And Jesus said, go tell them what you see and what you hear. He would never really come right out and say it. But there came a time. He came riding in on that donkey into Jerusalem. And they laid those palm branches down. He comes riding in. They laid the palm branches down. And they were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They said, "Oh man, don't let them say that. They're admitting you're, they're admitting you're the Messiah. He said, if they didn't do it, the rocks would cry out. Why? It was exactly 483 years from when that commandment came forth. Well, God gave them 490 Jesus came after 483, he owes them seven years of old covenant time. That's the seven-year tribulation. He takes the church off the earth and repays them that seven years he owes them. So it's not for you, it's for the Jews and for Jerusalem. Where God's going to work with them for seven years, he's going to present himself to his brethren just like Joseph did. Russia's going to come down on Israel right after the rapture. So the first thing that happens is Ezekiel 38 war and God plays rat-a-tat-tat with his baseball bat. In this dispensation, he doesn't bother them at all, but the minute the church is taken off the earth, he wipes out 82% of Russia. Oh, Why? Oh, you think you're going to mess with my girl here? You're going to mess with Israel? See, God's brought Israel back to the land so he can court her. And when it comes to Old Covenant time, he shows off. He goes, yeah, you think you're going to hurt her? Uh-uh, I don't think so. All of these nuclear missiles are going to be going the wrong way right back at Russia. So you're, you're right now watching the setup for all of this to happen right now. For God to deal with Israel for seven years, and that's that tribulation period. But you've already gone to heaven, you went up in the rapture, we're looking over the banister, I don't know how much we'll get to see, but I, I kind of want to see some of it. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's certain groups of people that I can't wait for them to go, oh, my God, that's a nuclear missile. That's exactly right. Should have got saved. But look at the mercy of God to get people to turn. You know, you know we, we, we crave righteousness. So that 1,000 years is going to come where we have perfect righteousness. I mean, we, we like Law and Order. We like all those shows where the bad guy gets caught because you're going to have a 1,000 years of perfect righteousness. And the amazing thing is, is he raised you up to be an overseer. You're going to be overseeing groups of people. You're going to be overseeing certain areas. And you're going to be so fulfilled, have so much fun. So the changes that are coming are the absolute coolest changes that we, can't even, we couldn't even make it up. We're going to get a brand new body. We're going to go to heaven, be at the throne of God, come back with Jesus on, on flying horses, and implement the kingdom. You'll, you'll watch Lucifer there. It says in 2 Thessalonians that the Bible says that Lucifer is obliterated with the brightness of his coming. There's no negotiation whatsoever. Whoo, hallelujah. And we'll be right there watching the king. Every movie you see where the hero comes in at the end of the day, that comes from the Bible where Jesus is going to come back and stop war. Wow, the king. The king's coming. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Going to see the king. I I don't think we have rapture practice tonight, but let's just have this thought pattern. Now, there's a bunch you could get into. I've preached a long time. There's a bunch you could get into. What, what will be your thought when you stand there, when you, when you see him? I mean, will it will be gratitude? Will it be, oh, my God, I made it? Will it be, finally, we get to see him? Because I know going from faith to sight, it's got to be a little bizarre. You know, I've had the Lord appear to me eight times, and every time I think I'll say something cool, you know, like, can I get you a Diet Coke? Can I, can, you know, <laughs> Abraham killed a cow I made a mistake, you know? But every time I've seen the Lord, I'm crying so much I can't even function. And, and the Lord's trying to tell you something, and you're just, because he's, he's looking at you, he's not critiquing you, he's not judging you, he's not analyzing you, he's looking at you like I love you just the way you are, total acceptance. And see, the world's never seen that kind of Jesus. They, they've been told of Jesus that, well, if you do that just right, I love you. He, don't, he, he loves you whether you do stupid stuff. He still loves you. He's not moved by that stuff. So if you're here tonight and you've been doing stupid stuff, just stop doing it. He's not moved by that. Don't do, don't do it anymore. He loves you. He's even not mad at you. He's looking at you through corrective lenses. They're stained in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. So are we ready to all of a sudden phew, be caught up? Wow, we shall be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. And man, you talk about your future. Wonderful things ahead. Wow, so why do we get into this? It's 8-10, I'm closing right now. Why do we get into this? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You've got wonderful things to bring you hope. Wonderful things to look forward to. If in the natural you don't have anything, pretty soon you're going to go from natural to spiritual and you talk about cool stuff. And you talk about stepping into your destiny. If you play the guitar, you'll play the guitar better. If you like to read, you'll read better. If you like music, you'll like music more. Everything gets enhanced, not diminished. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these radical changes coming for us, new bodies, new location, and then we get to come back with you. Father, thank you for dying for us, that we would we get to be your children in awe are we? So tonight, before we leave, we bless you, we honor you, we magnify you, we lift you up. We thank you for your kindness, Lord, your kindness, Lord, being displayed in all the earth. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Hey, you know, I had a couple words of knowledge come to me. You don't have to come down. I'll just call them out because I preached so long. Someone, the inside of your mouth, literally the under part of your tongue is being healed. I don't know who that is, but you're healed. Just take it. And the other one is your, uh, maybe common, I don't know, your uh, collarbone, clavicle. you got damage between your uh, shoulder and your neck right there. Lord's restoring that. And this other thing is your, your tube from your ear to your nose. Normally you think of it as a child, but your tube from your ear to your nose is being healed right now. Amen. And you're, I, you, know, you hear this a lot, whiplash. I mean, a lot of people have whiplash. But it may not be a car wreck, maybe something else. Something, something snapped your neck. Your neck's being healed right now. Thank you for that, Lord. And you know this other thing? is someone's bled, uh, blood's not, uh, uh, it's just not rich or full. Like there's, you might, maybe it's the word anemia. I don't know. But there's something wrong with your blood. Your blood's being healed right now at 8 to 14 on Sunday night. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you guys for coming. Let's thank the Lord for just a minute before we go. Lord, thank you for healing those bodies. Thank you for that tongue being healed. We give you glory, give you honor and praise. We lift you up, Jesus. Magnify you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Your goodness and your kindness. Lord, we're in awe that you love us so much. Thank you for blessing Life Point Church, Lord. Their destiny being fulfilled. And every member, we thank you for it. Jesus' wonderful name. Amen, amen. Praise God. You know, I had a word one time I was in Iowa. I don't know if you know Monty and Peggy Knudson. I had a word that someone can't write. I just called it out and said, you're healed. This guy comes up to me afterwards. He was crying like a baby. I thought I said something to offend him. He goes, no, I've never written before in my life. He he said it's a disease, kind of like dyslexia. He goes, I've never written before in my entire life. I'm 30 years old. Never written. He said, I called that out, and he wrote a poem on the coming of the Lord. He's so cool. You can make it without writing, but he loves you so much, he wants you to be able to write. He just loves you. Remember it once again. He loves you, loves you, loves you. Not mad at you. Not frustrated with you. He loves you. And super, super, super crazy soon we're going to be with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Have a great night. God bless you. Give, Give Pastor Aaron a big hand. Thanks for coming, guys. See you soon. Thank you, Pastor Aaron. Bless you, baby.